thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hey, it's so good to connect with you again. And you will have noticed, I'm sure, that there are a few arms up in the air there. That's because we have invited uh, a few of our staff and, and key leaders just to help trial uh, regathering, preparing for next Sunday when tickets will be available. And if you want to come, then you can. You book in 7 a.m. It opens up on a Tuesday morning. But guys, it is so good uh, to connect with you again today. Now, I wonder if whatever your platform you're watching this on, whether it's Church Online or YouTube or Facebook or those of you in the room as well. I want you just to write down right now, okay, one of these two words. There's only three letters in the word, but you have to make your choice right now. Are you ready? I didn't hear you. Are you ready? Okay, so here it is. Cat or dog? Go right now, okay? Right in, right in the chat, cat or dog. Now, the reality is most of the people who know me know that I'm not either cat or dog. But a couple of years ago, I had an experience. John Wesley had an experience once, and, and he, he records it, and he says, my heart was strangely warmed. It was by the presence of God, but my heart was strangely warmed by a cat that appeared outside um, uh, the, the, the window, the large window into our back garden. And this cat appeared one day. And I don't like cats and I don't really like dogs. And this cat kind of strangely warmed my heart and it kept coming back day after day. And I started feeding the cat and kind of stroking the cat. And then, and then almost the cat started living with us. And, and I tried to find out who the cat belonged to and I couldn't find out. I put messages around on social media. And then one day my next door neighbour came into our house and we were chatting in the hallway and he looked over my shoulder and he said, that's my cat. And unbeknown to me, what had happened is that this cat was eating at next... I didn't even know they had a cat. It was having the food next door, then coming to me and being looked after by me, then going back home. And you see, that's a cat. Now, my dog experience is that a while ago, my son and his wife had a dog and my wife sat me down and no word of a lie, she said, Leon, we love Josh and Isla. They love the dog. You have to love the dog. And I said, can you just back that up for me? I don't quite understand that. We love Josh and Isla. They love the dog. You have to love what they love. And so my heart is being slowly warmed towards the dog. Here's the thing. Here's the, don't get too carried away. There is a massive difference between a cat and a dog. And I heard it described many years ago like this. You see, a cat, a cat says this. You stroke me. You feed me. Wrong. A dog says, you stroke me, you feed me, you love me, you must be God. A cat says, you stroke me, you feed me, you love me, I must be God. You see, the difference is, who do you think is at the centre of your world? And I think when it comes to our relationship with God, those of you that say that you're followers of Jesus today, who is at the centre of your world? Are you more like a cat? In other words, actually, you do all this stuff for me, God, so I must be God. Or are you like the dog that says, you do all this stuff, actually, you're God. In 1961, um, the youngest president of the United States, John F. Kennedy, came to power. And one of the shortest inaugural speeches, it lasted less than 15 minutes. And he said within this speech, this amazing, amazing phrase, which has become iconic. He said this, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And that was a major thing in the early 60s. It flipped on its head the whole understanding between the individual and the state. 
Don't just ask what the country can do for you. You ask what you can do for the country. I wonder when it comes to our relationship with God, those of you that know Jesus, you know, here's the difference. We're talking about living with purpose today. And you live with purpose when you understand that your life is not all about you. That when you're at the centre, you'll never find the purpose that actually you are meant to live for. So I wonder if we could change that phrase around a little bit and maybe say it like this. Ask not what God can do for you, but ask God what you can do for Him. Now let me get this really clear to everybody, okay? God does love to do things for us. And we do ask for things. And in fact, even today, we're going to invite you, if you need to ask God for something, you can do it. And we will pray with you and for you. But if our prayers are all about what God can do for us, we're never going to live with purpose. We have to flip it on its head. And instead of just asking God what He can do for us, begin to ask God what we can do for Him. This could be a life-changing message for somebody today. And it begins with this principle. God speaks to people today. God speaks to people today. And some of you out there, you might think, really, that's a little bit strange. But I want to say, we really passionately believe that God speaks to people today. And here's the thing. If God speaks to people today, it's kind of God calls us. And it's a little bit like when you get a call on your phone. And I'm sure like me, when you get a call on your phone, you look and you look at the name. And then there's a two options, accept or decline. And then you have that little moment when you choose, do I want to accept or do I want to decline? And I know some of you have done that to me. Decline when you saw my name, I'm sure you didn't do that. But here's the thing, when God calls, we need to respond. When God calls, we need to respond. And we're taking the content for this series out of this amazing book by Craig Grishel called Dangerous Prayers. And um, uh, this is Life Church in, in, in America, and they wrote this book. Um, and the content of that, we're kind of using the content, um, attributing it to him. But you know, there's some incredible stories that we're hearing right now in this season of people that have heard the call of God and have responded to the call of God. And, and many of you will know uh, Kieran, and, and, and he's, um, uh, we told his story a while ago, and he didn't have a faith in God. And, and he said, I'm not religious. And, and yet someone invited him to watch uh, our live stream. And he began to watch and then he came on an alpha course that we run here exploring the Christian faith and then he had a dream where he had this dream about Jesus and Jesus spoke to him and now he's given his life to Jesus. One of my really close friends was brought up in Bulgaria um, when it was very heavily communist and she was actually part of the communist youth society as a teenager, passionately was an atheist, did not believe in the existence of God. And one day she's walking through the capital city in Sofia and there's an old cathedral and she's drawn into the cathedral. And the only Bible that's there is written in ancient Slavic, ancient Bulgarian. She couldn't understand it. But with nobody there in the room, with nobody there in the room, with a Bible that she couldn't understand, she heard God. She heard God. I've got some friends here in the church and um, they were brought up atheists as well, two brothers. Both of them heard God speak differently and didn't know that each other were on that spiritual journey. God speaks today. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you can be when you open up your heart. But if you are a follower of Jesus, I want you to know God still speaks today and He still speaks to you. And when He calls us, we have a response to make. And I want to look at three classic responses that you see in the Bible. When God speaks and when God calls you to live with purpose, there's three classic responses. Number one is Jonah who says, Here I am, I'm not going. 
And basically, Jonah, if you know the story of Jonah and the big fish, I'll read it in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Let's get real. You've all, you've all heard God speak if you're a follower of Jesus or you've sensed God or, you, or, you've, or you've felt that prompting and, and it won't be a voice. I, I, don't, I doubt it. It's not for me. But you get that prompting and you say, here I am, I'm not going. Here I am, I'm not doing it. Here I am, I'm not speaking up. Here I am, I'm not giving. Here I am, I'm not walking across the room. This is Jonah's response. Here I am, I'm not going. And can I tell you, that's happened to me so many times when afterwards I've always, always regretted not going. But when I have responded, I've never regretted it. It hasn't always worked out great, but I've never regretted it because I think, God, when you speak, I want my response to be yes. I don't want to say, here I am, I'm not going. Then the second response is Moses, who said this, here I am, send someone else. Here I am, send someone else. In, in Exodus 3, and in the background here, if you know the story, Pharaoh, the Moses, Prince of Egypt story, if you've seen the, the film and what have you, the, the Israelites are in slavery and captivity and God says at the burning bush to Moses, go back and talk to Pharaoh and ask him to let my people go. And Moses says this, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And what Moses does is he pushes his brother Aaron forward. because He says, look, this guy's better than me. He speaks better than me. He's a better communicator. He's a better leader. He says, here I am, send someone else. And I don't know about you, but I've also felt like that as well. You know, when God's encouraged you or spoke to you and, and maybe you've said, here I am, he'd be better. Or here I am, she'd do a better job. Here I am, send someone else. But the third response is where we're going to get today's dangerous prayer from. And this is from a guy called Isaiah. And he said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. And we, we're going to look at this dangerous prayer. Let me give you a little bit of context first. In, in Isaiah 6 verse 1, it says this, In the year that King Uzziah died. Now when we read that, we don't understand the significance of that. This is the national leader of the country but he's also Isaiah's mentor and friend. This isn't just a national tragedy. This is a personal tragedy. And this is like, um, uh, we're going to go on to the dangerous prayer in a moment. This is like, in the context, this is the worst year of my life for Isaiah. This is like the worst year ever. The nation's in chaos. The nation's uncertain. I feel chaotic. I feel uncertain. In the year that we lost hope, God spoke. Guys, this is a year like no other, isn't it? I remember in January speaking here in the church about the 20s being the roaring 20s in January. I remember going back 100 years and looking at the similarity. Um, and of course, I knew nothing then of this COVID outbreak and all of that. And I remember, you know, because we as a church set like vision and strategy around 2020 and, and we had this kind of old, old idea and I had this whole plan in my head and mind and what's going to happen in 2020 and we're going to launch another location and this and that. And then COVID came. 
And a little bit like the 1920s, which started with the Spanish flu epidemic that blighted out the world, ended up with a major global recession. And yet, in, in a very real sense, Isaiah saying, in a year, just like that, I met God. And out of that comes this incredible, dangerous prayer. In verse 8, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. Send me. Use me. Disrupt. Interrupt. My life is not my own. I don't want to live like a cat where everything is all about me. Would you stroke me? Would you feed me? Would you love me? Would you keep me comfortable? But actually, I want to live surrendered to you. And he prays this dangerous prayer. Here I am, send me. Now, here's the thing. If it was me and I said, God, here I am, my next question or my next statement would be this. Where are we going? What's the weather like? What do I need to pack? What's the pay? <laughs> what are the benefits? What's in it for me? But Isaiah didn't say that. He says, hey, you're calling. You're calling. Because God's saying, who will go for me? Who's available? And he says, I am. Send me. Not where are we going? Not what's going to happen? Not what do I need to bring? Not what's in it for me? Because he surrendered. Here I am. Send me. Living with purpose always starts when we stop looking in and we start looking up and we look out. And we say, God, I'm here for you. I've received and received so much from you. I want to give my one and only life to you as well. I don't know how you felt um, this week, if you're watching it in real time or through this week, but kind of um, just a few days ago, our Prime Minister said that there will be more restrictions, etc., for our country, and that these restrictions that we're in currently are likely to last a further six months. And uh, like, <laughs> like me, I'm sure many of you were pretty deflated by that. We thought, crikey, this has been the longest six months of our life, and here it is again. And very easy then to think in the middle of all that, okay, now we're going to turn inward. Now we're going to draw the curtains down and shut up shop and all of that. Listen, we have got to learn to live with these restrictions. We've got to learn to live in this reality right now. And I think God is looking for a group of people who pray dangerous prayers, even in a season like this. Who pray, God, search me. God, break me. God, fill me. And God, send me. Use me, even in this year and in this situation. After all, if we are followers of Jesus, isn't it true that we are His and we want to surrender to Him? You know, and I want to encourage you, you know, how do you get to this stage where you can say and pray this dangerous prayer, here I am, send me? Well, let's just track Isaiah's journey a little bit because there are three stages he goes through before he can come to that place where he can say, here I am, send me. The first thing is a genuine experience with the presence of God. It says in verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, so in this year of personal and national tragedy, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. 
It's almost like he had this experience of the presence of God. And I realise that if those of you are watching it and you're not yet a Christian, you think that's a little bit weird. But you know, those of us that are, we, we all felt like that as well. But you know, we came into a moment when uh, in our lives when we had that experience with the presence of God. And I can't almost explain it to you. It's kind of mysterious and a little bit intangible. But when you see God for who he is and when you experience something of his love and his mercy and his power, everything changes. You know, and I want to say to all of us here, if it, during this season, and I've heard many, many Christians say, oh, you know, I'm a little bit fed up of online and, and I'm a bit fatigued with Zoom and this and all that. And I understand all that. I think we need to change the narrative. The reality is, guys, we might end up in a situation like many people across history where they can't regather. Now, we hope that we can and we're going to begin to regather. But the vast majority of our people that connect to this church won't be regathering in the same room for a long, long time. That doesn't mean that God is, 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 out, is absent. It doesn't mean we can't engage with the presence of God. And you know, I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for things like Zoom, we'd have had no connection at all over this last six months. Maybe we need to change the narrative. Instead of keep saying how fed up we are of online and Zoom, maybe we say, God, how grateful we are that we can still reconnect and connect with you and with one another. But I'll tell you what, a moment in the presence of God literally changes everything. You know, I, I, I've heard people say, I don't feel close to God. Well, you don't open your Bible. Well, I don't feel connected to God. Well, you don't connect in spaces where God comes by His power and by His Spirit. If we want to pray dangerous prayers like send me, we need some genuine experiences with the presence of God. And Isaiah had that. But then it goes on number two. There was a genuine experience of your own sinfulness. And uh, we hate this word sin, don't we? We say, come on, Leon, that's so last century. Do you know what I mean? In fact, you know, we just don't like that word because our chief values are this, don't make me feel bad and don't judge me. And what we really mean when we say that is don't challenge me. I want to feel good about myself because I am a good person and you're a good person and we're all good people. Yes, in one sense we are and in another sense, we're really not. Outside of Jesus, the Bible says no one is good. No one. And so actually what, I, what happens to Isaiah is he sees the glory in the presence of God and then in the light of that, almost like that mirror, he sees his own sinfulness. And it says in verse 5, Woe to me, I cried, I'm ruined. Some translations say, I'm undone. For I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah was known for his oratory, for his communication, his lips, his mouth, his ability to communicate. But he said, but I've been living amongst a group of people and, and, and that's kind of contaminated me and my lips have become unclean just like everyone else's. Let me just say a little aside. We live in such an angry and frustrated world right now. And when I read in the media and social media and I look at the way that we're communicating, even people that say they follow Jesus, please guys, please. The Bible says in the book of James, be slow to speak. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Pause before you post. Don't live amongst the people of unclean lips so much that when you communicate, you communicate with as much hatred and anger as everybody else. We're meant to be different than that. But Isaiah says, in the light of God's glory, I've seen who I really am. 
I heard this story years ago. I don't know whether it's true or not. It's a really old story of a, a workman who was in the boiler room at Buckingham Palace and he was in his um, uh, overalls and he was working away and he was filthy and covered in oil and grease and everything. And that, on his way out, he took a wrong turning and he ended up opening a door and walking into the empty throne room of Buckingham Palace. And the story goes that as he stood there in the middle of this throne room with the, the, the gold throne and the mirrors and the majesty and the statues and everything, he caught sight of himself in the mirror in these old work clothes with oil and grease all over him. And in the light of the glory around him, he saw his own kind of dirtiness and he just couldn't cope and he just ran out of the room. It's a little bit like what happens here to Isaiah. He sees God for who he is and in the light of that, he sees himself for who he is. But that leads on to the third, and this is such good news, a genuine understanding of God's grace says this, Then one of the seraphim, which is an angel, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he'd taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. There's nothing better to fuel your prayer life than a genuine understanding of the grace of God, the deep appreciation that we're not good, any of us, but God is good. And here is the big thing. Grace changes everything. We bring nothing and Jesus brings everything. We bring nothing and Jesus brings everything. That's what grace is. And so Isaiah, in the year, in his 2020, if you like, national and personal tragedy and chaos and hopelessness, he sees God for who he is. Then he sees himself for who he is, but then he receives grace. And then when God says, who will go for me? He's ready. And he says, here am I. I'm, I'm not good. I'm kind of messy and all of them, but I've been saved. I've been touched by God. I'm ready. Send me. God's glory, our reality, God's grace. God's glory, our reality, God's grace. Here I am, he says, send me. I'm available. And so the challenge is today. You see, some of you, I think, as I'm speaking, you want it and you don't want it. You feel it and you don't feel it. You desire it and you don't desire it. Why? Because there's a battle going on inside of you. The Bible says it's between the Spirit of God and between our own flesh. I want to say it like this. It's between the cat and the dog. It's between that side of you that says, but it's all about me. You stroke me, you feed me, you love me because I am God. And that one inside of you that says, it's all about Him. It's all about His glory and living for His fame. And there's a battle going on. And here's the truth. What you feed grows and what you starve dies. So what you feed, so when you get up in the morning and you don't start the day with the news, but you start the day with God and you say, I'm going to start the day for a few minutes with God and say, God, I am yours today. When you feed that, that grows. When you starve that me thing, that dies. When you say, I'm going to connect with other people, I'm going to connect, whether it's online, Zoom, or whether from next week I can regather, I'm going to put myself in opportunities where God can speak to me. When you feed that, it grows. That sense within you grows. And when you starve the other, then it dies. When you respond to the call of God, it grows. And when you say, here I am, send me, 
then what you do is you make yourself available to God. And here's the thing. There's been so many times in my life where I've said, okay, here I am, send me. And God does. And then I say, oh, but I don't feel very spiritual. I don't feel like I've got it all. And I, but I just kind of want to step out. How does that work? And I, uh, many years ago, um, showed you an illustration. I've done it lots of times. I'm going to do it again because I've never done it online before. And I'm going to ask Andy to come and join me on the stage. Socially distanced, of course. And I want you to imagine, he takes his uh, mask off. I want you to imagine that this is Moses. Would have had a lot more hair and definitely would have had a beard. Okay, so just come in a little bit more and I'll go this way. But the story goes that when Moses, who remember said at the beginning, here I am, send someone else. Eventually Moses does say, here I am, send me. Okay, and he goes. But then he leads the people out of Israel and he comes to the Red Sea. And the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, actually later on in the book of Isaiah, that God sent his arm of power to be at the right hand of Moses. What does that mean? Literally, God says, if you read the narrative in the book of Exodus, that God said to Moses, stretch out your hand. So he does that and he stretched out his hand and in his hand, he's holding a stick. Okay. And the stick would have been his staff. Okay. That's his shepherd's staff. But, but God just said, reach out your hand, stick out the stick if you like. And I can't imagine that Moses would have felt very spiritual, like there's no keyboard playing in the background, okay? And, and there's no lighting or haze or any of that. But there's two million people watching him. And he said, I'm available. And God says, reach out your hand. And he does. But then the Bible says that as he did that, God sent his arm of power to be at Moses' right hand. And when he did that, then the sea opened. And here's the thing. Nobody else would have seen the hand of God. All they would have seen was the hand of Moses. But whenever you and I reach out, whenever you and I speak out, whenever you and I step out, what God does is he sends his arm of power to be at our right hand. Thank you, Moses. <laughs> and when we do that, we see God do amazing things. And so I want to say, are you ready to pray the dangerous prayer? Here I am, send me. Maybe you're like Jonah. You say, here I am. I'm not going. Or maybe you're like Moses says, here I am, send someone else. Or could we become a little bit like Isaiah that says, hey, in the light of your glory, in the light of your grace that I've received, God, here I am. You don't even have to tell me where, send me. You don't even have to tell me when, send me. You don't even have to tell me how, send me. Could we become people that pray those kind of dangerous prayers. I came across um, in this book, actually, a great uh, story uh, at, at the end of, of a prayer. And I'm going to show you that prayer in a minute. It's attributed to Sir Francis Drake. I don't know whether it is or not. Scholars don't know whether it is, but it's attributed to him. And I'm going to introduce that in a moment. But before I do that, I want to ask you a question. And the question is this. Lean in a little bit, okay? If God answered every single prayer you've prayed during this season, would the world really be much different? Or actually, are the prayers that you and I have prayed more around our own protection, our own comfort, and our own selves? Or could we begin to pray some dangerous prayers? Could we begin to pray some dangerous prayers that aren't safe and that aren't comfortable and that aren't just about us? Maybe we're going to have to change our holidaying Maybe we're going to have to change our lifestyle. Maybe we're going to have to change our consumption, our consumerism and our selfishness. Maybe we're going to have to change all of that. Maybe this season is trying to go a little deeper than we thought. And maybe as we do that, maybe we'll start praying some dangerous prayers, which might just lead to some lives being touched and changed and maybe our world being put back together again.
If that's going to happen, we're going to have to pray this kind of prayer attributed to Sir Francis Drake that literally says, disturb us, Lord. Could you pray that kind of prayer today? Are you available to that? Listen and watch this powerful prayer. Disturb us, Lord, when we're too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true, because we have dreamed too little, when we arrived safely because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture onto wider seas, where storms will show your mastery. Where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. Where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. Sir Francis Drake. I don't know whether that resonates inside your heart. Disturb us, Lord. Maybe we lose sight of the shore, but then we find the purpose that we're meant to live for. And I wonder right now if there are any of you out there and you're ready to pray that prayer. Here I am, send me. Maybe you've never prayed that kind of prayer. Maybe you say, I don't even know whether God exists, but hey, if He does, here I am, send me. Kind of, you know, show me what to do with my one and only life. One and only life. I'd love to lead you in that prayer right now. And if you'd like prayer this morning, maybe there's a situation that you're struggling with right now, or maybe there's a, there's a battle that you know is going on inside of you. Maybe there's that cat and dog kind of fight within you right now. Then again, you can connect on any of those links. Just click on as they come up right now and someone would love to pray with you and for you. But I want to encourage all of you out there, whether you're watching it right now live or whether you're watching it later or those few that are in the room here today and just maybe to put our hands out in front of us and say, here I am. I am going. Here I am. It's going to be me. Here I am. Send me. Maybe your neighbour, maybe your neighbour is crying out for someone to hear this prayer and to respond to it. Here I am, send me. Maybe your workplace is desperately in need of men and women who will hear this prayer and pray this prayer and respond to it. Here I am, send me. I tell you what, your community, your community and your nation is desperately in need of people with hope and life and light. And if we've received anything from the grace of God, our response to that has got to be, here I am, send me. So let's pray that prayer together. God, I wanna pray right now for any person that's watching this, wherever, whenever they're watching it. God, I pray maybe they'll stretch their hand out a little bit like Moses, a little bit, oh, not quite sure what's gonna happen. But as they do that, let them know, may they know that you reach out your arm of power. You're not looking for our ability, God. You're just looking for our availability. And so Lord, here we are. And we say, we are available. Here am I, send me in Jesus' Name. God, I pray also for us as a church that in this crazy, crazy season we're in, we don't want to be the best church in the community, but we passionately want to be the best church for the community.
And so we corporately today, as Life Central Church, we say, here we are. Send us. Send us. May we be your hands and feet for our communities in this season. In Jesus' Name. Amen. I want to encourage you now to respond. This is an amazing song. Some of our young guys in our youth team have put this song together in a pre-recorded song. And it's a great new song called Available. And I'm going to encourage you wherever you are, if you don't know the song, the lyrics will come up as well, to begin to sing it right where you are, to begin to engage with God right where you are. And it just literally draws us in and says, here am I, send me. Why? Because I am available. Let's respond to Him through this amazing song.